0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? There's Donald, airing it out, people separation, Clark, Robbie Anderson, goodbye, touchdown, Jets! The whole NFL is watching, a fourth and ten, and here they
1: come, make those pass, it's intercepted by Mosley! out, the cup. Bell breaks the tackle, Bell trying to go all the way!
0: Touchdown! Big return for Crowder, and he's gonna go all the way. Touchdown, 85 yards. Looking downfield, fires this one, and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams takes it away. Hill, hit immediately. Got the handoff. You know what? the Q <laughs> Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you.
1: From the Vivid Seats studios, get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase when you download the Vivid Seats mobile app and use the promo code OVERTIME. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, and it is the Jets-Cowboys postgame report. And boy, is this going to be a fun one, of course. As always, joined by the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Matt Stipulkowski. Matt, it's a nice feeling to do this show and know that we can recap a lot of pleasant happenings in this game. It's been a couple weeks since we've been able to do that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Actually, uh, some positivity around the Jets for uh, a change here. So nice to kind of you know get a little bit of a different vibe after a few weeks of uh, downers.
1: I should note, by the way. That my brother Craig nailed this hard on the pregame show. He was 100% right on this pick. He was undefeated in his picks this week. And he nailed his teasers. So he's 5 out of 6 on his teasers this year. He said that the Jets were not only going to cover. But A, it was his lock of the week. And B, he picked them to win outright and advised people to bet them on the money line. If you would have taken his advice by going over to mybookie.ag and using the promo code overtime, you would have made yourself a whole bunch of money. And they would have doubled your deposit, so you would have made double the amount that you bet as well could have been on a bunch of props today matt too including whether or not darl was going to throw over two touchdowns whether or not the cowboys were going to be able to get past the jets offensive line for multiple sacks you could have bet on the amount of yards that robbie anderson was going to have a lot of prop bets you could have placed if you missed out i suggest you copy what craig says next week again MyBookie.ag promo code overtime and they will double your first deposit but matt What a performance by Sam Darnold and the Jets. Going into this game, I said that of the many keys to the Jets trying to win this one, the number one key was going to be Sam Darnold would have to be at least somewhat close to what he was at the end of the season against the Houston Texans and against the Green Bay Packers. He was all that and more today. Absolutely phenomenal. In fact, the only mistake really wasn't even his mistake. It seemed to be more on Jamison Crowder, the one interception. He was absolutely brilliant. It was like he picked up right where he left off. You could tell that that first game was partially the byproduct of mono. He was moving in and out of the pocket brilliantly, connecting on throws all over the place, getting everybody involved Demarius Thomas, Jamison Crowder, and Robbie Anderson all made a big impact in the passing game today. I can't say enough about what he brought to this game. And, Matt, I can't say I'm super surprised that going from Luke Falk to Sam Darnold was going to have a major impact. I can say I didn't expect Darnold to look this sharp this quickly after coming back from Mono, but I am really happy that he did.
2: Yeah, and I would say uh, I think I was a, a bit surprised about just how many of the cracks that Darnold papered over so well. You know, I think we all expected the offense to look better with him Degrees at that point, how much better would they look? Uh, and, you know, how much would he be able to uh, improve the offensive line? How much would he be able to improve the play calling? How much would he be able to improve some of the other flaws that have held this team back over the last few weeks? But uh, as it turns out, having a really good quarterback in there can make a lot of those other things go away pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, his mobility is a bit, his ability to move around in the pocket. Big things for him and for the Jets offense was his ability pre-snap just to diagnose
1: Matt, you and I talked about this in the post game last week. All due respect to Luke Falk, but he could not make pre-snap reads. He could not make hot reads. He was holding the ball way too long, which was making the offensive line look even worse than they are, and they're not great, to be honest. Even today, they held up okay, but Darnold made them look a lot better than they had looked in the past just by virtue of the things that we were talking about him being able to move around, being able to make pre-snap reads, being able to get rid of the ball quickly. (laughs) Luke Falk couldn't do any of that. And on top of that, he would be hesitant. And a lot of times when receivers were open, he would end up checking down to an already covered Le'Veon Bell. And the pass would either get broken up or Bell would get tackled for either a relatively short gain or a loss. None of that happened today because Sam Darnold, in addition to, as you said, being able to recognize what was going on, he was able to see the receivers that were open, and boy, were they. A lot of big plays in this game. Jamison Crowder had some tremendous plays. So did Demarius Thomas, and I have to say it looks like I'm going to be eating a little bit of crow on that. I wasn't against the Demarius Thomas move, but I didn't really think it would pay any dividends. Certainly did today, although Demarius Thomas really made things interesting and made us all gasp a little bit with that onside kick, but overall... Did a very good job today, but Robbie Anderson, holy cow, as the late Phil Rizzuto would say. That 92-yard bomb from Darnold, over 150 yards receiving, this is the kind of stuff that we were hoping for as we watched the offense unfold in the preseason and in training camp. And boy, did we get it in spades today, huh?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything was kind of clicking there. And Darnold really, I mean, the, the big thing is he just makes this offense so much more flexible otherwise. I mean, uh, like you said, Luke Falk, you know, it was basically Gates was in his ear giving him a play call, and he would go out there and try to give it a shot. Uh, Darnold, the play call is more of a suggestion, I kind of think. You know, he gets up there, and he can do a lot more things. He makes this a lot more interesting. So, um, yeah. You know, the whole offense becomes a lot more flexible, uh, a lot more kind of fungible. He can do what he wants to with it. And, uh, you know, Gase comes out looking a lot smarter because he has a smart guy running his offense on the field as well. And then everyone else winds up looking a lot better because they're put in positions to succeed based on what the defense was doing. And I think that's what you saw a lot of with Robbie Anderson. Uh, That's what you saw with Demarius Thomas. You know, those guys were were put into good positions to succeed because of what Sam Darnold was doing kind of behind the scenes at the line of scrimmage, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And it was certainly paying off for the Jets against the Cowboys' defense today.
1: No question about it, Matt. And everybody who is bashing Adam Gase for not being creative or not coming up with ways to manufacture points, again, I've been very clear about the fact that I never wanted Gase to be hired, and I'm still not a believer in him. But you had to be fair to him. There was no way that he was going to be able to do anything with Luke Falk behind center And that offensive line being as bad as it was in combination. If you had one of the two, you might have been able to figure something out. But both together was more or less a death sentence for the offense. And sure enough, we saw it today. Even though Gase went and tried a bunch of stuff too, including having Jonathan Harrison in at fullback. Even though they tried some 12 and 13 personnel, which people wanted. Even though they tried to mix and match against Philadelphia. None of that worked. All of a sudden, as you said, Matt, Gase looks like a genius today, and the vast majority of the reason for it is because of the talent of Sam Darnold. So we'll see how Gase does the rest of the year, but I think this is the beginning of us being able to fairly judge the job that he will do here with the New York Jets. And specifically, the fact that he was brought in to help take Sam Darnold to the next level. This is a nice first game back for Darnold. We'll see how this goes the rest of the way. They've obviously got the Patriots coming up, which is going to be really tough. But this was a very nice start for the real beginning of the Gase-Darnold era for however long that ends up lasting.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And like you said, I mean, this is now the, you know, this and going forward is what we're going to be able to judge. Jason, uh, you kind of at some point will just take those first four games and throw them out the window here. So, um, you know, all of the hand wringing of the last few weeks, uh, was probably overblown, uh, mine included, uh, you know, not afraid to eat a little crow on that if I have to. Um, you know, obviously at the same time though, you don't want to go too far in the other direction and start, uh, you know, buying in too much to this Jets offense. Uh, you know, it's been one game, a very small sample size. next week uh and you know the jets were operating on all cylinders here they had a little bit of kind of the element of surprise as well just because donald hadn't been around for a while they hadn't put a lot on tape with him in week one or over the last few weeks even so uh they had a little bit of things going for him in that regard and uh that'll go away as time goes along too but uh certainly a lot more encouraging this week than last uh few weeks And uh, like you said, uh, and like I've said now, this is what Gase is going to be judged on moving forward, and uh, I do think that's
1: only fair. So Matt, let's unpack the rest of this 24-22 victory of the Jets over the Dallas Cowboys at MetLife Stadium earlier today. And let's start with the fact that we have talked about Gase's over-reliance on Le'Veon Bell so far this season. He did it out of necessity. There was no other way that he was going to be able to even attempt to move the ball other than Le'Veon Bell, considering what he had with the offensive line and with Luke Falk. Today, Le'Veon Bell was a little bit de-emphasized. He wasn't pounded into the ground, and I think that that's a good thing because they're going to need to preserve him down the stretch of the season. Certainly something to keep your eye on, As the season progresses, because obviously if Darnold continues to play anywhere close to this well, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for Le'Veon Bell that weren't there earlier in the season. Because of the fact that teams knew they could key in on him, and if they could stop him, there was nothing the Jets could do. Well, it appears there's something they can do now. So while Le'Veon Bell didn't have a huge game today, he was fine, but he wasn't the star of the game by any stretch, and I'm sure he's fine with that as long as they got the victory. This could really be another key to the Jets offense down the stretch because this really featured Sam Darnold in the passing attack above all else. But as this offense continues to gel, and as it continues to blend together, to hopefully become a full-fledged good offense they're going to need to get equal contribution or at least somewhat close to equal contribution from the running and passing attack it was mostly the passing attack today but with the passing attack succeeding down the line as the season goes on you would think this would open up potential for Le'Veon bell to really break out and have some huge games again like he did in pittsburgh
2: yeah, for sure. It's going to be kind of a give-and-a-take, a, a yin-and-yang kind of thing. I mean, there's going to be weeks where uh, opposing defenses kind of take away the run, and uh, I think that's a good portion of what happened today is the Cowboys were pretty focused on, you know, taking Bell away, getting him out of the picture, and then uh, making the Jets beat them in other ways, especially because you know, I'm sure they watched some tape from the last few weeks and saw that Bell was the workhorse for this team, so they figured if they could take him away and Darnold, who hadn't played in a few weeks, try to get the job done. You might as well give it a shot. Um, It didn't exactly work out well for them, but uh, I can understand their thinking there. And, and, you know, their linebackers are strong. Their defensive front's pretty good. So they always like to kind of take away the the run first anyway. So I think that's part of it. But uh, any given week, I mean, the the Jets, if this thing is going accordingly and and the offense is clicking, the goal is going to be to, Take what the offense or the defense, excuse me, is giving up. Uh, whether that's Robbie Anderson, whether it's Crowder in the slot, whether it's Bell, um, whether it's a little bit of everything and some variety, they're going to try to bounce around and get the job done. And uh, whoever can make those plays on a given week, based on what the offense is capable of doing, what the defense is showing them, uh, you know, they're just going to rotate things around and try to put up points that way so this time around like you said it was uh mostly Sam Darnold and the receivers but uh who knows especially now that the Jets put some big passes on uh, tape and everything like that could wind up opening up some extra space for Le'Veon Bell moving forward the next couple of weeks here so uh that could wind up correcting itself and balancing back out soon enough anyway
1: let's talk about the offensive line Matt I thought they were better than they have been, and part of that is that Sam Darnold made them look better than Luke Falk did, obviously. Ryan Khalil continued to struggle, got a nasty penalty, was beaten up a little bit. I didn't think he played particularly well. It's a lot harder to fully judge the offensive line when you're watching live, especially when you're in the stadium then, when you're watching it back on tape, especially when you're watching the All-22. So I'm looking forward to going back and looking through that. My initial impression, though, was that Khalil did not play well. And when he was inserted for the injured Kelvin Beecham, who we'll talk about later when we get into all the news and the quotes in the locker room, he did not play well, Brandon Shell at all. He got beaten really badly. And so I expect that he'll go right back to the bench as soon as Kelvin Beecham is ready to play again. Adoga seemed fine to me. He didn't stand out in any way, but I also didn't notice him. And to me, that's not a bad thing if you're an offensive lineman. And I thought Alex Lewis played pretty well again. He's probably the best offensive lineman on the Jets right now. And I'd be very surprised if Gase doesn't stick with him in that left guard spot going forward. And it's interesting, Matt, because if Adoga can continue to take strides and if Lewis can continue to play well, maybe instead of replacing all five guys on the Jets offensive line next year, they may only have to replace three, which would be a huge weight lifted off. Of the shoulders of Joe Douglas, but we'll see how the rest of the season goes, obviously.
2: Yeah, for sure. That would absolutely be huge, but there's a long way between then and now. Uh, I'm with you. I I thought Alex Lewis played well on first glance. Uh, I will admit that none of the other guys really completely jumped off the page to me, Um, but again, that's watching live and on first glance, and while I'm trying to write at the same time as well. So uh, going back and watching the film is always uh, a lot more informative, especially with the line play. You know, you're trying to watch the ball and do a bunch of other things. Sometimes the line play is kind of the casualty when you're watching the game live. So uh, I am curious to go back and see how some of those guys looked when I uh, get a chance to look at the film. But um, yeah, for sure. I, there were some uh, issues, the penalties, like you mentioned for Khalil, not good. Uh, I'll be curious to see what shell did, especially given what you just said there. Uh, but again, Lewis through two weeks, uh, I really haven't noticed him in any sort of bad way, uh, you know, over these games. And, uh, given what the Jets have been working with on the offensive line for a few weeks, that's uh, a good thing for sure. So, uh, Alex Lewis doing a nice job to, to blend in and acquit himself pretty well over these two weeks. So, uh, at the very least.
1: And the Jets started to incorporate Ty Montgomery and even Bilal Powell a little bit into the offense today. I was starting to wonder if Bilal Powell was actually still around. I was thinking that maybe Adam Gase was leaving him in the locker room before the game, but he got involved a little bit, so did Ty Montgomery. I think this is a positive sign of things to come because there's no reason that you can't incorporate those two guys. They're both very capable players, and so that could be a tip-off that Gase is willing to use pretty much everything he's got And I know that there's been a bit of a conspiracy theory that he's been holding some things back. I don't know that it's necessarily been because he was playing chess instead of checkers. I think maybe he just felt like Luke Falk couldn't make any use of it. But we did see Gase start using these guys a little bit more now that Sam Darnold is back.
2: Yeah, I do think you can expect to see more of both of those guys moving forward. Uh, Gase kind of hinted at that. We're actually... He basically said it outright earlier this week at a press conference uh, at the facility during practice. uh, He basically said that against the Eagles, those two guys just didn't play because they know when they put those guys out there, they're going to get a nickel package. And they were worried because the Eagles' nickel package, they can give a lot of different looks. uh, Whereas if they keep the Eagles in their base defense, they really don't have that many looks.
0: Get 25% off all products at Sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at Sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME.
3: Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60 game sprint
1: Let's talk defense now for a little bit, Matt. Let's start with the defensive line. There was a report earlier in the day by Adam Schefter that a lot of teams have been calling the Jets about the possibility of trading for Leonard Williams. There's a thought that perhaps Joe Douglas will move Leonard Williams if he doesn't feel that it's in the team's best interest to pay him at the end of the season because he's going to be a free agent. And Douglas obviously wants those draft picks to help rebuild the offensive line, the cornerbacks, Maybe get an edge rusher. There are a lot of spots that need some help. Wide receiver could use an upgrade going forward as well. Although Crowder and Anderson both played well today. Demarius Thomas is up there in years. We don't know what to expect from Quincy Newman. So certainly they could use an extra target there for Sam Darnold. So those draft picks would come in handy. Well, it seems like Leonard Williams probably read Schefter's tweet and took it personally. Because he played really well today. Kyle Phillips, despite getting one bad penalty Also played very, very well, especially against the run. And Steve McClendon was pretty good until he got hurt, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But Quinnen Williams was showing today why he was the number 3 overall pick in the draft. Boy, was he an absolute monster all over the defensive line, including one particular play where he was able to force the Dallas Cowboys to turn the ball over on downs inside the Jet 10 the Jets then, of course, cashed in with that 92-yard touchdown pass from Darnold to Robbie Anderson right after that. But let's talk about these guys. I thought they played very well as a unit. They did wilt a little bit down the stretch, and we'll get to that in a second. But I thought Williams, Phillips, McClendon when he was in, and especially Quentin Williams made some really nice plays today.
2: Yeah, for sure. That front uh, did a nice job. And, yeah, this, I think, was kind of Quinn Williams' breakout party, that fourth down play, obviously. Uh, kind of his first splash play, the first, uh, big moment for him. So gotta be nice if you're him to get that out of the way and, uh, put that in the book. So, uh, a nice performance from him. Steve McClendon, like you said, looked good. Leonard Williams, probably his best game of the year as well. So, uh, and the fact that this all came without Henry Anderson in there has to be encouraging as well. Um, like you said, I mean, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit more, the Jets defense. Kind of wilted down the stretch, and uh, that's got to be at least a little bit of a concern. But uh, the fact that for the most part they held a, a darn good Cowboys offense in check is certainly a positive.
1: They did very well, I thought, against Dak Prescott for the most part. They were in his face pretty much all afternoon. And Greg Williams, I thought, did a pretty good job of camouflaging the weakness in the secondary for most of the game. But then came... That last part of the game where the defense started to wear down and Ezekiel Elliott really began to have his way. He had a huge game today with over 150 yards from scrimmage. And then, of course, the penalty flag started to fly and the secondary was getting flagged. What seemed like pretty much every play... As the Cowboys marched down the field. To attempt to tie the game. Once the Jets had taken the lead. 24-16. to So let's talk about this a little bit. What did you think about the performance of Daryl Roberts. And Tremaine Johnson. I thought they weren't asked to do as much. As we thought they probably would be early on. Part of that is because. Amari Cooper left the game with an injury at one point. But they held up okay. Until towards the end. When they really started to target. Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts. Now Matt. I have to say this One thing that I didn't understand was Every time they did target Tremaine Johnson They were having success They just didn't do it a lot early in the game As the game progressed they started to do it more And I guess they finally realized that that was their ticket What was going on here with Jason Garrett I guess he just didn't realize who he was up against Because as we said As the Jet run defense started to wilt the cornerbacks started to get picked on. And that's when Dak started to really have some success in the passing game because Tremaine Johnson, don't know if you know this, Matt, apparently can't cover a crossing route. And I don't know why it took the Cowboys three quarters to figure that out. But once they did, they started to exploit it. So let's talk about the Jets' late-game collapse that almost cost them the game with Ezekiel Elliott dominating and with Dak Prescott finally starting to pick on those vulnerable Jets' corners.
2: Yeah, I don't know what took the Cowboys so long to figure it out you would think that uh it's pretty simple and pretty obvious here that the Jets weakness on defense is their corners so uh you know if I was drawing up a game plan uh, and there's a reason no one's paying me the big bucks to do this but if I was drawing up the plan I certainly would try to be challenging Truman Johnson and Daryl Roberts whenever possible um Daryl Roberts in particular I mean I know Truman Johnson has a lot of flaws but Daryl Kind of blows my mind sometimes, just for his ability to. It's there's so many times I feel like where he actually has pretty decent coverage, but just lacks the awareness. He doesn't get his head around it, and he doesn't know that the ball is coming. And all of a sudden, it's completion, despite the fact that he had decent coverage. So that's always kind of bizarre to see out of him sometimes. But um, yeah, I mean, once the Cowboys finally started going to that, and uh, you know, had some sense of urgency, and we're trying to move the ball down the field quickly, and you know, throw the ball and go after those guys it was working well for them and uh that has to be at least a little bit of a concern for the Jets defense and greg williams moving forward here because you know other teams probably aren't going to just not do that for three quarters i'm sure that bill belichick and the patriots are going to be well aware of what they need to do and how they can kind of dissect this uh jet secondary so uh some holes that need to be camouflaged there and also has to be a bit of a concern that you know the Jets let go of a 16 point lead against the bills in week one. And then they had an 18 point lead today against the Cowboys and very nearly let that slip as well. So, uh, you know, they, they did manage to kind of hold on and they won the game obviously with that two point conversion, uh, you know, getting the, the stop there. But, uh, the fact that it was as close as it was down the stretch, is uh you know not not what you want for sure if you're the jets you would much prefer to kill that game off early and spare yourself the drama
1: I will say say what you will about Adam Gase and we've said plenty But I did like the fact that he was aggressive on that last drive that yielded a field goal so that it put the Jets out in front by eight and would have forced the Cowboys to score a touchdown and get the two-point conversion. Very easily could have played it a lot more conservative and made it a lot tougher of a field goal for Sam Thicken, but instead he kept his foot on the gas. The Jets were able to get those necessary points. And then on the other side of the ball, even though the Jets were really starting to wilt and the analogy that I made was it felt like a fighter who was... Was way ahead on the cards and the last couple of rounds of the fight is getting tagged and he's getting tired and you're at the point where you're saying to yourself if this guy can make it to the final bell he's going to win the fight but I'm not so sure he's going to make it to the final bell the Jets did end up making it to the final bell here and it was a crazy sequence because as you said Ezekiel Elliott was starting to run all over the Jets Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett finally figured out that they should be picking on the Jets corners there were a lot of penalties and I want to get your thoughts on what you think of the penalties because I thought some of them were obviously justified and some of them seemed a little bit ticky tack to me and they drove down the field they ended up scoring that touchdown with 43 seconds left and then it came time for the two point conversion attempt to tie it but before we get to that Matt what did you think of the sequence did you think that it just looked like what I said that the Jets were wearing down and they were just trying to hang on for dear life and also as far as the penalties went what did you think of them watching it live because I know obviously we can go back and watch and get a better sense of it overall but my thought was there were a handful of them that were legitimate there were a couple that were ticky-tack how'd you feel about that whole closing sequence there before we got to the two-point conversion attempt
2: yeah for sure I mean it definitely seemed like they were just kind of hanging on and hoping to get across the finish line there and uh, you know a lot of working out for them okay but Uh, at some point I think, and I would think that this is kind of the next step that this team eventually needs to make, uh, is just to, to be able to put the game away earlier as opposed to, uh, you know, letting teams hang around and, uh, you know, keep things close and, and building that drama toward the end, you know, this game, the Jets had some chances to put it away, uh, end of the third quarter, middle of the fourth quarter, uh, and then again on that last drive and you know weren't able to do it and it came down to that two-point conversion so uh you know it, it didn't matter for this Sunday but it could in future Sundays so uh something that this team needs to learn at some point is just how to handle those big leads and how to just put their foot on someone's throat and not ever let them get up but uh as far as those penalties are concerned that Jamal Adams penalty I didn't really get a good chance to go back and look at the replay but on uh, first look live up in the press box, I actually thought it was a good call. It looked like to me he uh, that Jamal got there early and kind of made contact before the ball arrived. Uh, I know a couple guys around me in the press box, we all had that same first reaction. But, um, again, didn't get a chance to really look at the replay and kind of confirm what my eyes saw at game speed. Um, unfortunately, the last minute of the game, while you're scrambling to write things, you don't get too much time to go back and, write the uh or watch the replays as well so uh that'll be another thing that i take a look at during the film study but um you know six flags on in a row there on some of those plays down the stretch was brutal and i know you know both teams were offenders at that point but man uh kind of a, a weird ugly stretch in what was otherwise an exciting finish to a football game six straight plays with a flag is
0: just brutal
1: Should note, by the way, that had the Jets lost this, the turning point probably would have been looked at as that interception, which at first glance, you can't tell for sure sitting there live in the stands whose fault it was, but when you go back and take a deeper look at it, it appears that that interception was more on Jamison Crowder than Sam Darnold, so they did try to keep their foot on the gas there, and they did it again when they got that field goal. But, unfortunately, that play almost swung the game completely in the other direction and into the Cowboys getting a victory. But they did not get that victory because, even though, as we said, they scored with 43 seconds to go, Matt, they were not able to finish the job because on the two-point conversion attempt, Jamal Adams came right at Dak Prescott forced him to just chuck the ball up in the air incomplete, and the Jets were able to escape this one 24-22. And I got to tell you, Matt, for the guy who is more or less – the face of this franchise. And I know that Sam Darnold is the guy that is the quarterback and the most important piece, but Adams is the one who's out there. His face is in the media the most. He's the one that's doing a lot of the talking. He's the one that is probably the unofficial team captain, whether or not they want to give him that label or not. And to see him make that play and then be so overjoyed about it, running around like the ultimate warrior, slapping people five, giving people hugs, just going crazy and riling up the crowd, that I think was the lift that Jets fans needed, the visual that Jets fans needed. And really, let's be honest, that was the lift that the team itself needed because if they would have blown that one, who knows what the mental state of the team would have been. Instead, they hang on, they prove they can close, and it gives them something to ride going into Monday Night Football against the New England Patriots. And as I said, I'm glad that that play was made, but the fact that it was made by Jamal Adams really added a little something to it.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. The mental state of this team, if, you know, kind of hung in the balance on that play, if, if they go to overtime and then things don't work out in overtime and all of a sudden you're looking at a team that just blew an 18 point lead to fall to 0 and 5 on the season and, uh, you know, kind of handed away a, a good performance by their quarterback and all the hope that could have come with winning his first game back. I mean, that would have been really tough to come back from, but now, Instead, they get to ride a little bit of a high into this Patriots game, like you said, and, um, you know, I'm sure they're thinking if they can pull off an upset again against the Patriots here, all of a sudden the schedule starts to get easier, and who knows what can happen. So, uh, you know, uh, definitely a big swing play there, and uh, both Jamal and Sam Donald told us after the game that uh, that play that the Jets defense ran on the two-point conversion it's something that the uh, defense Greg Williams has been working on and using in practice the last few weeks here. Uh, and Sam Darnold, I guess was telling Jamal Adams after the game that that's just a really difficult uh, read. It's a difficult blitz to get a feel for as a quarterback, especially in the red zone when things are compressed. So uh, it sounded like Sam Darnold likes the call from Greg Williams. I know Jamal Adams liked the call from Greg Williams, getting aggressive there and giving him a shot to get in the quarterback's face. And uh, I think, uh, those of us in the, up in the press box kind of universally liked it too. You, you know, taking a little bit of a risk, uh, bringing Jamal out of the secondary and trying to get after Dak Prescott there. Uh, and actually, the the Jets coverage on that play was pretty good too. So uh, it was a good play all around by the Jets. And uh, you know, credit to them, the game was on the line there. There was a lot more riding on it too than just one game, and, and they came through at that point. So uh, you know, I, I did just. Give them some grief for letting the game get to that point, but uh, at least when it was not cut time, as Adam Gase would describe it, they came through uh, when they needed to most. So. Uh, credit to the Jets for doing that, at least.
3: Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in or wherever you get your podcasts
1: play like a jet, play like a jet. The story of this game and the way that it unfolded was interesting because it was the return of Sam Darnold that put the jets in the position to win the game because of how well he played. And then that drive that they had at the end to give them that extra field goal to put them up by a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And then just when it looked like things were slipping away and just when it looked like the Cowboys might be able to tie this thing up, bring it to overtime, and ride that momentum, it was the Jets' best defensive player, their unofficial captain, the guy who a lot of people at this point would consider Mr. Jet, Jamal Adams— who stopped them from sinking into the abyss, who was able to make sure that they didn't let this one get away from them. He made the key play to preserve the win. So it was awesome all the way around. I wasn't happy, as you said, Matt, that this thing was beginning to slip away, but I'm really glad that they were able to come away with it in the end. So I'm sure in the locker room, very jubilant players, a very happy Adam Gase. Let's talk about that. We'll start with Adam Gase. What did he have to say? And were there any updates on the injuries that were sustained during the game?
2: Uh, no updates yet. So we'll have to wait and see uh, when Gase has his conference call with reporters on Monday afternoon. We'll find out more then. Uh, as far as the jubilant goes, yeah, most of the players were certainly very upbeat. Uh, Gase, weirdly enough, was really uh, dry and kind of uh, deadpan and gave a lot of really brief one sentence answers to some questions. So, Uh, not entirely sure what that was about. I don't know if he was just, uh, you know, didn't want to get too carried away and get too excited after just one win. But, uh, he, for the most part, kind of played his cards close to the vest. So, uh, he did obviously give Sam Darnold some credit and, you know, uh, a tip of the cap to Darnold just, uh, for what he was able to provide for this offense and some of the things that he was doing. So, uh, that was the big thing from Gase there. Obviously, you know, he took a lot of questions about Darnold and, uh, to some extent at least he glowed even, the, even though he was kind of keeping his answers brief and to the point for the most part. Uh, beyond that, Le'Veon Bell uh, was you know super excited in the locker room uh, about Darnold and I know he uh, kind of got after it on Twitter as well being all excited uh, about Sam and the victory but uh, you know I-, I was asking Bell a bunch about just kind of some of the little things we were talking about earlier with Sam before the snap and what he was able to provide, uh, in that regard. And, you know, kind of when I'm asking those questions, obviously, uh, it's clear that you're asking them in reference to what the Jets have been deal dealing with the last few weeks. So, uh, Bell kind of gave some good perspective on that and, uh, keep an eye out for uh, a story on Monday morning at NJ.com slash Jeff kind of about the, uh, presence of Sam Darnold before the snap and what he was able to accomplish in that regard and how he kind of helps change the Jets offense in that way. Um, So Bell was, you know, insightful in that regard, talking about Sam. And, uh, you know, another thing that came up a few times with players is just the fact that putting some of these big plays on tape can really go a long way for the Jets in future weeks. Obviously they were great for this week, but uh, Demarius Thomas told me in the locker room, this week, uh, after practice, one day, that you know, t- other teams were blitzing against the Jets a lot these last few weeks, and they just needed to hit on a few big plays just to kind of call off the dogs a little bit, keep opposing defenses honest. And now they've done that. They they had that big play to Robbie Anderson. They have had they had a few throws to, to Crowder, some other guys, uh, Thomas as well, and that should kind of help space out the the. Uh, field for these guys when opposing defenses break down the tape and see that they have to uh, kind of respect the deep threat. So uh, I know Jamison Crowder spoke a bit about that bell and Darnold and did as well. So uh, all of those guys, you know, looking forward to what this game can kind of do for their offense moving forward. Uh, and then Jamal as well. I mean, you know, he was talking a little bit about what you were just saying, where he was happy to make that last play, especially on the heels, of the pass interference call right before that, that gave the Cowboys a first down and kind of let them off the hook. I think they were in first and 30, if I remember right. And then they get the pass interference call on Adams that gives them Mm -hmm. first down and 10 from, I believe it was the 16. So all of a sudden they're in a pretty good position there. Uh, But Adams winds up redeeming himself a few minutes later. So uh, Adams was happy about that. And, you know, just as it's been the last few years, finishing was a theme with all of these guys as well. Obviously, so many times over the last few years, last season and week one this year, uh, the Jeff's inability to finish was the the topic in the locker room afterward. But uh, this time it was the inverse. And, you know, we were all asking him about how good it felt to finally get over the line on one of these games. So, uh, you know, all the guys in the locker room were, were thrilled in that regard and very happy to, to finally close one out the right way.
1: Matt, since Gase didn't shed any light on the injuries, just want to go through them quickly. I know that Beecham left the game and was replaced by Shell. Neville Hewitt and Steve McClendon both came out at one point. Anybody else that were missing? Uh,
2: I think that is the extent of it off the top of my head. Um, I don't recall anyone else that's been it out to me. So, yeah, I do believe it was those two.
1: One last thing I forgot to mention, as I tweeted out earlier, welcome home, Jordan Roscoe Jenkins, because he had himself a coverage sack today. It's not like anybody's going to mistake him for Von Miller, but it was nice to see him back. He's a guy who always has a high motor, and he showed it again today, coming up big with that coverage sack late in the game. So, good to see him back in there, right, Matt?
2: Yeah, and I think three quarterback hits, if I remember correctly, uh, for Jenkins as well. So... Uh, his impact back in the lineup was certainly felt. I'm sure the Jets were very happy to get him in there. And uh, I know they're looking forward to working Brandon Copeland in more as well. I think we could probably expect to see some more of him, uh, you know, once he gets some more practice time under his belt and kind of works his way into the rotation a bit more. Uh, But yeah, you know, the outside linebacker position rounding into form a bit more for the Jets and that can only help uh, this unit going forward.
1: Matt, finally, a joyous occasion to talk about. I'm really glad that we were able to recap a fun game. All I wanted going into this one was a watchable, entertaining football game. I got that and a Jets victory, so I can't complain at all. This was a fantastic game all the way around if you're a Jets fan. I'm really glad that they were able to get this one. And now they've got the Patriots at home Monday Night Football, this is a Herculean task They're going to be major underdogs Even with the performance that they put forth today They've got their hands full We'll see what Adam Gase comes up with now For Bill Belichick and the Patriots And that tremendous Patriots defense But for now, we will celebrate and enjoy this victory, Matt Because the return of Sam Darnold Yielded, as I said, both entertaining and and winning football thanks so much for Joining me once again as always Really appreciate it I know you've got A ton of written stuff up so what Can people expect to see when they head over To NJ.com slash Jets
2: Yeah so as I mentioned uh, You know gonna have a story up Monday Morning about uh, kind of Darnold and what he brought to this offense Just pre-snap and how that's gonna help them Moving forward uh, Also wrote a little bit about uh, The Jets you know just kind of taking That next step like I spoke about a bit here and killing off games when they have the chance a little bit earlier Uh, you know, close games are kind of a fact of life in the NFL. So when you get the chance to put one away earlier in the second half uh, you know, you got to try to take advantage of them, save yourself some of the stress. Uh, And then just a bit more on just kind of some of the top performers, some of the guys that helped their stock hurt their stock a bit. uh, And also had a, a breakdown of Donald's performance that went up right after the game as well. And of course, plenty more that'll come throughout the week. So uh You know, appreciate you guys keeping an eye on everything over at nj.com/jets. You can follow me on Twitter as well. It's m underscore stypulkoski. And uh, what do we got? Eleven more games now. So uh, plenty, plenty more to come over these last eleven weeks.
1: Not saying they're going to win all of their last 11, but Sam Darnold at least gives hope that the Jets can win a bunch of games down the stretch, especially when the schedule gets easier after the Patriots game. Although I'm a lot more confident that the Jets will at least give the Patriots some sort of game on Monday than I was even a week ago. It's nice to see Sam Darnold back. Let's hope that he continues to progress, and let's hope that he continues to play this well the rest of the year. Go ahead and follow Matt on Twitter, at M underscore stipulkowski. That's S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. Read his great work over at NJ.com slash Jets. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.